So if you have your Bibles, please uh, go to John chapter 10. If you don't have your Bibles, we're going to have the scripture on the screen. Uh, So John chapter 10, starting in verse 1, it says this. It says, very truly I tell you, Pharisees, this is Jesus talking, anyone who does not enter uh, the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. Uh, The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech Uh, But the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling him, right, as they never do. Like, I don't know why he even bothers, because they never understand the figure of speech, you know. You read through the Gospels, like, they never got it, they never got it. He's like, okay, I'm just going to tell you plainly. This is another example of that. Therefore, verse 7, Jesus uh, said again, uh, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today, and I want to start off with a question. Have you ever been overwhelmed by too many choices? It's like, this is just overwhelming. I can't decide because there's too many choices. So um, I went to Mexico uh, about a month ago with my family and, and another family, and we were in Mazatlan, and we went to this restaurant that everyone was talking about. They're like, um, you have to go to, what was the name of it? I have it right, Panama. Panama was the name of the restaurant, and they were like, whatever you choose to eat is going to be great. So just go to that restaurant, and whatever you want to eat, whatever you choose, I promise you it's going to be great. So we open up the menu, and it was like just page after page. I'm like, I don't even know what, like, I don't know. So I, I, I freezed in panic, and I went for the quesadillas. And they were great, by the way. But it was like I couldn't choose. I couldn't choose because it was just way, way, way too much. And then there's In-N-Out, right? Three choices. Hamburger, cheeseburger, double-double. Very simple. You know it's going to be great, right? So the reason why I bring that up is because wouldn't it be great if life was like that? It was just simple. Just choose this, choose that, or choose that. Like, just like, life is simple. You just, the the choices are right there, and you just go for whatever, and whatever you choose is going to be great. But life isn't like that. Life is hard. Life is difficult. Life is confusing. This week I was uh, just interacting with someone from our church, and she had to make, her and her mom had to make an incredibly difficult choice. One of those choices that you never want to have to make. So her dad got really sick, and her, his, um, his organs were starting to shut down. They didn't re- really understand why. Took him to the hospital, and a few days later they had to make a very tough choice. They had to decide between allowing for him to be comfortable for the next few days until he passed away, or they had to decide to operate on him, uh, something in the, in the back of his, uh, of his neck. They had to do an operation, which was very unlikely to be successful. He would probably die during the operation, and if he survived, he was going to be in a wheelchair, basically paralyzed for the rest of his life. Like... How do, you, like, how do you even choose? Like, what do you do in a situation like that? And that's real life. 
Like, like we, see it, we see it in politics. We see it with the whole COVID thing. We see it in relationships. Like you could look at a relationship and say, just get a divorce. Just keep it simple. It's not. There's so many things in life that, that, that are just complicated. Like what do you do? It's not just three choices, this or that. Life is hard. It's complex. But there are, there are people that, that also add unnecessary complexity to situations that should be pretty simple. Right? Don't you love those people? Those people are lovely. Just like, why are you making this so hard? Just make it just, it's so, it's so simple. So the reason why I bring all that up is because, because when we look at our Christian faith, I think many times we, we just overcomplicate it. Like we, it's like we overcomplicate our faith. We make it very sometimes difficult. Like it's this and that and this and that. Like we, we, it gets overwhelming and we don't even know what to do. But this verse that we're talking about today is, is, is Jesus explaining that it's actually very simple. It's actually very simple. And during this whole series, if you noticed, we've been talking about this. Like, like one, one uh, sort of um, idea that's been throughout all of this series has been the exclusivity of Christ. I mean, if you notice, we're talking about the, 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 the vine, right? The true vine. He's not saying a vine. He's saying there's one vine. There's one person. There's one way. The truth, right? Not, not a truth. The truth. The good shepherd. The good shepherd. The one good shepherd. Not, not a good shepherd. You know, there's a lot of good shepherds. He's, also, he's one of the good ones, so you could choose him if you want. The bread of life. Not a bread of life. Not something that can feed you. You can also feed from Jesus. He's talking about exclusivity. He's talking about there is one way and that's what he's talking about in this scripture as well. He's saying, I am the gate. He's saying, I am the gate. What he's saying is there's, there's only one legitimate way to access God. It's not complex. It's not 25 options. It's one option. And it's what, Je and it's what Jesus is sharing to his, his people in this scripture. And it's what I want to share with you guys this morning as well. You see, most of us will agree that there is only one true access point to Jesus. That's what he's talking about. I am the gate. Like, we'll agree with that. Pastor, that's why I'm here. Like, if I thought there were other ways to access God, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be in this space. Like, we grew up, if you grew up in high school, the answer is always Jesus. Like, when those fellows just say Jesus, and you probably have the answer right. But even though we can say this, we can say, yes, I believe that the only access point is Jesus, that's something that's coming out of our mouths. I want to talk to you this morning about what it means to actually believe something. And it's not about what we say or what we profess, and we've talked about this before. It's not just about what we say. What do you actually believe? And the answer to that question is not in agreeing with the things that are said from the stage or agreeing with the things that are said in the scripture. What you actually believe is, is how you live your life. And so I want to talk about that a little bit today. Because in today's scripture, like all the others, Jesus is highlighting the exclusivity of following him. He's saying the gate. He's pointing to the fact that there is one, only one proper way to enter the sheep pen, right? There's one way. Like either you're, you're, the, you're the shepherd and you walk through that way or you're the sheep and you walk through 
this access point. You say there's one access point, and any other access point, no matter what it is, the whole diversity of access points, they're all illegitimate. There is just one, and that way is Jesus. There's no other access point to salvation, to hope, to purpose, to peace, to God. There's only one way. And again, as I was saying earlier, we, we know there is no, you may, you may say this, you, I, I know there's no other gate, right? I'm not Jewish, I'm not Muslim, I'm not Hindu, I'm not New Age. That's why we're here in this space. I know. And I believe Jesus is the gate, right? I mean, I think that if I asked you, you would say that. Maybe, I mean, maybe not. Maybe you're here and you're just trying to figure it out and that's fine and then we're glad that you're here. But there's a lot of us here that will profess that Jesus is the only way, the only access point to God. But the question I want to to pose to you or propose to you this morning is not whether you intellectually agree that Jesus is the gate. I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about you agreeing with, with this idea. I want you to ask yourself if you actually believe this. Um... We've talked before about the difference between agreeing and believing. I I, I addressed it just briefly a few minutes ago. Agreeing with something is what you say you believe. Believing something is how you live. Agreeing comes out of your mouth, right? It's what you say. Believing flows from your life. Tell me what you agree with, and I may know what you would like to believe, But show me how you live, and I will know for sure what you actually believe. Uh, I'll give you an example. I don't want to be too controversial, but I'll try not to be. But but during COVID, there was um, people in authority uh, who were talking a lot about mask wearing. They were talking about, like, you got to wear a mask. You better wear a mask. You got to do, you you have to, like, you have to wear a mask. If you don't wear a mask, you're an evil person, right? Um, And then you would see them in a, in a, private party when they thought the cameras weren't there but they were being recorded and they were just interacting like anyone else and so I'm not I'm not giving an opinion about that but what I'm trying to make a distinction is there's a difference between what you profess and what you actually believe so these people probably believed that the masks didn't work but it wasn't aligning with how they were living their lives and so that's not the topic today but what I want to I emphasize is that the same can be true for us as well. Like in our own Christian lives, you, you may agree with some things. You may say, yeah, that's true. Yeah, amen, pastor. You know, I believe that scripture. You know, it makes sense to me. I, 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 um, you know, I line up with this ideology or this, or this idea. Uh, but do you actually believe it? And so that's what I want to talk about a little bit today because when you, listen to this. When you, when you find yourself Listen to this. When you find yourself caught up in striving to live up to the things that you agree with, be careful because it's very likely that you simply have a desire to believe certain things but don't actually believe them because you're working on like, oh, I got I to gotta act like I believe that. doesn't mean you believe it. You're trying to get there. It's actually the other way around. You see, when you actually believe something, You don't live your life concerned about living up to your actions because your actions will flow naturally from your core belief. 
You don't have to worry about that part because this is who you are in essence, and your, your actions will flow as a result of that. So my question to you today is, do you believe that Jesus is the only access point to God, or do you simply agree with that statement? Um, and the answer to that question is not found in what you mentally asserted, by the way. The answer is found in how you live your life. But the problem is, I hope you guys are following me. I'm having trouble following myself. The problem <laughs> is our minds, I think I'm doing pretty good, by the way. The problem is our minds immediately go to what do I need to do in order to have a belief and not just agreeing with an idea. So you're like, okay, give me a three-point step, three, three, uh, a step, three steps in order for my just agreeing to turn into a belief. Okay, it doesn't work that way. That's the wrong approach. You will never change your belief by starting with the exterior. Never. The exterior follows the interior, not the other way. That's what Jesus would always talk to the Pharisees about. It's like, hey, on the outside, great, but I can see you on the inside. You're faking it. Jesus knew this. That's why Jesus would never focus on the exterior, on the action, but always on the interior, on the belief. Because he knew that if you change your belief, that, that you don't have to worry about the rest. It's going to flow naturally as a result of who it is that you are. If you've been born again with the Holy Spirit inside of you, guiding you. So that's what I want to focus on today. You see, the statement, I am the gate, again, is about exclusivity. Jesus is the gate. And so, is Jesus the gate? To what? To God, to everything. Like, Jesus is the way to God. Not Jesus is a gate. He is the gate. It's, ex it's um, exclusivity. To be more specific, you may say, yes, I believe that Jesus is the gate, but by you saying that, that's not actually a belief. You have to look at your life. I have to look at my life in order to answer this question. So the, the question that I would ask you, and I'm asking myself this question as well, have you ever looked any other place other than Jesus to, to find hope, to find purpose, to find satisfaction, to find peace? Have you ever tried to get in a different way other than, than solely through, through Jesus? Are you, are you doing this now? Am I doing this now? Trying to access through illegitimate ways something that can only be accessed through Jesus being the gate. You see, you may be in this space today right now and, and you, you, you believe in Jesus, but you believe in Jesus in addition to a series of other things. Because um, many people will, will, will just try whatever works. Like, yeah, this is good, this church, like, it's helpful. I'll, I'll add that to my, the other things that I, that I do, as long as it will bring me peace, joy, all these things. Like, it's helpful to add Christianity to all the other things that I am trying to access the things that only can come through Jesus. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. And honestly, I get it. Like, I'm not judging. I, I really get it that we're trying to find these things in life. But that's not how it works with Jesus. 
That's not how it works with Jesus. It's not three options. It's not 12 options. It's not 35 options. It is one way. Just one. It's simple. But it's difficult. Because there are all these things trying to get us. So whenever you try to access God through any other means, that means that Jesus is no longer the gate. He is a gate. But that's not how it works. Um, so, what does it actually mean then to, to believe this, okay? So, what, what does it mean? What does it mean? And why, did, why does Jesus put so much emphasis on believing? He says, Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you have faith? If you have faith, 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 belief. By the way, faith and belief, they're interchangeable. And from Jesus' perspective, is the belief, is, is it's faith. Do you believe? Just have faith. Have faith. So he's talking about this a lot, a lot. Like the faith is like the linchpin that holds the whole thing together. Why does he emphasize that so much? Uh, Ephesians uh, chapter 2, this is the Apostle Paul talking about this whole idea. Verse 8 and 9, it says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, through belief. This is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Hebrews 11.6, the author of Hebrews, says this, And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Not hard, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And so we've got, we've got salvation that comes only through faith. And we've got pleasing God which is only through faith. You can't please God apart from faith. You can't be saved apart from faith. Why is this so important? Faith is the thing that holds the whole thing together. Why is faith such an important factor? Why is it so important? And I had to meditate on this for a while. Like, why is it so important? Faith, believe, you have to believe, you have to believe, you have to believe. Why is it so important? It's a question I had to think about and meditate on for a while. And I started thinking about the, the Old Testament and the ritual sacrifices that they had to do, you know, to, to appease God and to be presentable before God. There's all these rituals, as, as we, some of us know, you know. You get to sacrifice things to create this transaction between you and God so you would present a sacrifice that was directly proportional to your sin, and then that would, you would be good for a little bit, right? And so the, 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 way, the way that you would gain right standing with God and the way that you would please God was by offering these physical sacrifices that you could see with your own eyes. That's how you would please God. That's how you would gain right standing with God, a.k.a. salvation. Um, and so... so so sacrifices in the Old Testament were replaced by Jesus with faith. The faith would do the same thing that the Old Testament sacrifices would do. Like the Old Testament sacrifices would, would, would gain you right standing with God and it would please God. And then Jesus comes and he dies for our sins and then we no longer have to offer these sacrifices. All we have to offer is what? That's it. That's it. And so, as I was 
thinking about this. I was thinking about how hard it was for the early church to accept this. So hard for them to accept this. Um, there, was, there was this habit that they had, kosher, circumcision, Sabbath, sacrifices, all these things that, the, that they were accustomed to doing. They had to break this habit. Have you ever tried to break a habit? It's hard. You're so used to doing it. I remember when we were, my wife and I were living in Chile. We had just gotten married in 2002, and we lived in an apartment for three years, and we bought our house, and when I was, we were, I was working in this office building, and I would get out, and I would get into my car, and I would make a right up to the apartment. I did that for three years. Just, well, got it, make a right, get out, make a right, make a right, make a right. We moved to our house and had to make a left, okay? I cannot tell you the amount of times that I accidentally made a riot. Oh, that's right. I don't live there anymore. And I'll go back to the other house, you know. So the same was true for the early Christians. They were like, man, we're just so used to doing this. We've been doing it for so many years. And now it's like, you don't have to do it anymore. Like, wait, what? That just feels weird. It feels strange. No more kosher, no more circumcisions, no more Sabbath, no more sacrifices. This was a constant struggle for the early church. You see, the question, what must I do in order to be saved and in order to please God is answered by Jesus. And you know what the answer is? You know what you have to do? Nothing. (laughs) It feels so weird. Nothing? There has to be something. No, nothing. But it's hard. It feels harder. Yeah, that's that's the point. It It should feel weird. Because Jesus paid for the whole thing. Um, we've talked before about the biggest, the biggest difference between uh, being a follower of Jesus and any other religion. Like if you're you know, Catholic, Jehovah Witnesses, Mormon, Muslim, Hindu, New Age, Jewish, whatever you are, it's about a list of things that you need to do in order to please God. And you never know how much is enough, but there's always something that you have to do. And so the big word is do. You've got to do these things to please God. The difference between Christianity is done. That's the word, done. Like it's all been finished. And it's weird. Like what? Yes, that's exactly how you're supposed to feel. Jesus, um, there's no, it's no longer due, it's done. The early church, what did the early church have to do? Nothing. And neither do you. It is finished. Tetelestai, we've talked about that. Jesus on the cross, he says these words, tetelestai, it is finished. And so we talk, we've talked a lot about this, but why do I bring this up today? Because faith, listen to this, faith, faith is not just about doing nothing. It's not just about accepting this sacrifice, this gift from God. It's not just that. It's not just doing nothing. But listen to this. It's also about dropping the things that you're doing now. Um, sometimes that's, that's, that's more important and it's more difficult. So I told you guys that my New Year's resolution was to, to learn how to surf, right? I don't know if you guys remember that or not, but I took my first surf lesson last Thursday. And I have a great instructor. He was amazing. I had so much fun. I was out there for three hours. Um, He gave me a bad time because I told him I was a pastor. And he's like, dude, where's the faith? And I kept falling over. And he's like, just look into the eyes of Jesus, you know, and you're not going to drown, you know. He's like, you're a pastor. You should be walking on water. 
you know. He was super fun. It was, it was, I had a great time. Um, but what was interesting to me was that he gave me really basic instructions. Like we were on the sand. You know, he told me how to stand. He's like, dude, you know how to stand. Just stand. You know, put your hands right here. Get up. So he explained me the whole thing, and we did a few exercises. And then when we were out in the ocean, it was so interesting because I, he, he never told me anything more than what he had already told me. And all the, the whole time, he dedicated himself to tell me to stop doing what I was doing. Stop looking down. Stop overthinking. Stop tensing your body. Uh, let the wave take you. Stop resisting. Stop, stop, stop. I don't remember him ever telling me to do anything. It was about letting go of control and letting for the wave to do what it needs to do, which many times was just like, and I was in the waves, and I was trying, holding my head down because I didn't want the board to hit me. Anyway, I was able to stand four times. Two of those times, I was able to go all the way out into the beach, and the other two times, I just fell. It's three hours, so I fell down a lot, a lot. No, no, that's not, I don't need, because it's not true. Like, it was just not good. And in my mind, I'm, I'm seeing myself as this great surfer, but I'm like, I'm sure if you got video of it, like, I was probably just like, so anyway, I'll get better. I have another lesson next Thursday, next Thursday, and we'll see how, how that goes. But anyway, the point was he never told me anything that I needed to do. All he said was stop doing this, stop doing this, stop doing this. And so when I think about that and I think about the first, the, the, the first century Christians, um, they didn't have to do anything. All they had to do was stop doing a lot. Stop circumcision, stop animal sacrifices, stop the Sabbath, kosher. All these things are not necessary anymore. See, faith is this. It's, it's, it's and this is strange. It's, it's walking up to the, to the proverbial altar like, yeah, I got nothing. Like, it's just me. That's it. And that takes faith. That takes faith. Because in that moment, you're recognizing that Christ is sufficient. And you're like, I don't, yes, that's what it is. It's, exactly, it's weird. It feels awkward. But that is the gospel. Have you ever showed up to a party with not, without a gift? I'm like, oh, we forgot a gift. And like, it's just awkward. It's a weird sensation. I understand that. So I want us, I want us to think about this. And I want, to, I want us to work on this. Um, because walking into the presence of God with nothing to offer may seem strange as well. You may look at your life and think, I don't offer sacrifices at the altar. But you see, believing that Jesus is the gate to God is not about agreeing. It's about believing. And believing means all the things that you have, like, oh, I got all these things to offer to God. Like, I, I prayed really well this week. I came to church. I read my Bible. And you come to God, and you're in this presence. Like, look at all the things. Like, dude, you still don't get it. Like, you still, like, like you don't understand. Thank, yeah, that's great. But that's no longer necessary. I already did it all. And so I'm going to end with this um, so if you go to the Old Testament and 1st, 2nd Kings, we don't, I'm not going to show any scriptures, but there's a, in the, in the, there's a progression of kings, dozens of kings. 
in Israel, in the, in the north and the south, and there's just some kings were good, some kings were bad, some kings did what was right in the eyes of God, other kings did what was wrong in the eyes of God. And, and one of the things that would define whether or not a king did the right thing in the eyes of God or a king did the wrong thing in the eyes of God was whether or not they would tear down their idols. One of the, one of the defining factors was they would tear down the idols. And then the reason for that was because, because by having idols, they were denying this whole idea of monotheism, which there's one God. There's one God, and there's no image of God. He is everything, right? He is over everything. It's one, it's one God. And so that would define the fact that they were, they were either not believing in that there's one God, um, or they were going to, to pagan gods. And you may, you may think, what, what does that have to do with anything? Well, Jesus comes along, and not only is there one God, but there's one access to God. And that access to God is no longer the things that we have to offer, but it's the one thing that Jesus offered to God for us. And by accepting that Jesus is the gate, um, what we have to do is drop everything else. Drop, drop it. Like, just drop it. Like, what is it that you're... Like, and it has to do with reframing things in your life. It's like, like, yes, we come to church. Yes, we pray. Yes, we read the Bible. Yes, we pray for one another. We give the offering. We do all these things which are fine. But that's gaining us zero points for God. And see, believing, not just professing or, or, or agreeing, is actually dropping everything and recognizing Everything that I need in Christ, I already have. And so your life begins to flow differently. It's not about the things that you do. It's about what Christ did for you. And that starts to, to turn into a belief, into a belief. And it's weird, and it's weird, but it changes your life. It will change your life. So then when you pray, and when you give an offering, and when you come to church, and when you read the Bible... You don't read the Bible as, as wanting to access God. You read the Bible as someone who has already been reached by Jesus. And all the other things as well. And so, so do you believe it? And drop everything else. So let's, let's close our eyes here for a moment. I'm going to say a few things and then we're going to pray. We could just bow our heads and close our eyes here for a minute. Because maybe you're here this morning and, and there are things in your life that you're, that you're coming to the altar with. Things that you're offering God and things that you're doing in your life. And I don't know what it is. Like there's, there's no way that I could know, but there's a few things that, that seem to, to repeat themselves good deeds, um, church attendance, giving, all these things. And so what I want to ask you to do this morning is as we're, as we're praying and we're closing, we're closing off the service, that, that you'll think about these things that, that in your mind feel 
like they allow for you to have access to God and that you will recognize that Jesus being the gate is about exclusivity. There's no other access point. Nothing that you do, no effort, it's all Jesus. And so we're gonna pray right now. And if you need help with this, no, nobody looking around, just if you guys, if you could please just close, close your eyes for a minute. Thank you. And, and if you need me to just pray for you right now, if there's something that you feel, if it feels weird to not do anything and just accept and you need prayer for this, I'm going to ask you to just raise your hand and I'm going to pray for you right now. Just raise your hand, put it right back down. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Amen. So Lord God, we present these requests to you this morning and we, we recognize that, that in you, we already have everything that we need. We recognize that this morning. But I pray in the name of Jesus, especially for the hands that were just raised, that you will help them understand that all the things that we feel like we're offering at the altar, they're helpful to us but they're unnecessary because of what Christ did for us. I pray, God, that that truth will enter our souls and that the result of that will be that, that our lives will flow differently, that our lives will be free from burden and knowing that everything's fine. We don't have to gain anything because you already gained everything for us in Christ. And so we thank you for these moments. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.